and welcome to the Authentic Healthpreneur podcast. My name is Marendi Leverett, healthpreneur, business strategist and intuitive, and I will be your host. In this podcast series, I will be interviewing female healthpreneurs and sharing their amazing, inspiring and motivating stories about how they started their own health business. Listen to how some of these beautiful women have overcome barriers or adversity to create their own unique health business and thrive. These women are not making millions of dollars or dominating the world, but they are certainly making a difference to their clients' lives and living their true purpose of serving and helping others in need. Also in this podcast, I will be sharing hints and tips on how to be a successful healthpreneur whilst remaining authentic when starting and running a health business. This podcast aims to inspire, motivate and educate you on all you need to know about starting, growing and pivoting in a business as a health clinician. This podcast is available to subscribe and download via Anchor, Spotify, iTunes and Google Podcast. So remember to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Hi everyone and welcome to the latest episode of Authentic Healthpreneurs. My guest today is Dr. Lynn Modzaleski and she is a psychologist and owner of Thriving Women Counseling. Welcome Lynn. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to have you on because you are my first psychologist who's come to share their story about how they've come to, you know, start their own business. So thank you so much for coming along and sharing. I am honored to be the first one to uh, trailblaze in your podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's great. I know everyone is so busy. And sometimes I find that some women feel that their story about how they became a health clinician and starting their own business, they feel it's not worthy to share. But I say no everyone's story is worthy of sharing because you just don't know what you will say that will spark something in someone else to start their own business or inspire them to do something as well so thank you so much for um joining us and for the listeners I'm very grateful for Lynn joining us it's actually 10 p.m her time um over (laughs) on the what word do we say over yonder <laughs> I, i'm not sure what you call it there but yeah um yeah i'm east coast um united states and north carolina so i know the time difference is really very fast but yes i'm excited to be yes. here the kids are in bed so it's the best time you know that's right awesome awesome <laughs> so i guess the first question i throw out to everyone is you know tell us about your profession and i guess what made you choose your particular profession or maybe did you fall into it how did you come to be a psychologist okay so um i've been a psychologist for about 9 years at this time and um but a therapist for about 16 and um So for a long time, I've been passionate about this field and I've been working in it, but um, right now, and right now, actually, I do still work for the government. I do still work for the VA, but I opened my own private practice in 2021 in December, actually. So it's only been open for about seven months. Um, And it's actually hundred percent virtual, which is really exciting. Very, it's really convenient for me and a lot of people. Um, but I chose to work in psychology because I actually have a brother who has a mental health condition. And so, you know, we are only four years apart. No, I'm sorry, three years apart. And so um, 
you know, us being so close in age, I was kind of there through all of, you know, like therapists and things like that who would see him. And so I don't know, I just thought they were so helpful for him. And um, a lot of his success in graduating high school and things was were because of, you know, the therapists and things that he's done along the way. Um, so I, I just thought that they were so valuable. And I thought that it would be really cool for me to be able to do same, do the same thing for, you know, like somebody else's loved one. Um, plus also the brain kind of interests me, like just the, I don't know, everything that it can do, like how different chemicals and different structures um, can sort of like lead to certain behaviors or, you know, just like different thoughts. It's really, it's just very interesting. So um, it was like, it was like meant to be. I was just interested in it since I was a kid, I think. That's so amazing, your story. And I'm finding that's really quite common in a lot of women I'm talking to who discover their profession through you know, personal experiences with their own family or friends. And then they're wanting to learn more about you know, how they can help them. And then they discover their profession and going, oh, I'd like to actually oh my gosh. that. I literally had no idea. I could, I, so like, I have never really thought about it in that way. Like, I guess I'm not the only person that's like, <laughs> that's, <laughs> I just felt like that was so, um, I don't know. That's really neat. So like other people oh, that you've been interviewing in on the podcast. Yeah, no, I've not, I've never thought about it in that context. So that's really like eye opening for you to say that. Oh, wow. So cool. But yeah, that's what I'm finding is that, you know, Unlike myself, I went into my profession because I just loved, um, I loved how the human body worked. I loved sport, all of that at school. So becoming an exercise physiologist just was something I wanted to do. But yeah, a lot of women I've been talking to have discovered their profession because they're wanting to try and heal themselves or, you know, find a way to help heal a family member. And then they've, mm-hmm. you know, you know, taken them along to some kind of clinician, whether it was a chiropractor or naturopath or kinesiologist. And they're like, oh, I've not done, tried this before. Let me have a go. And then, hey, I really like this. I want to practice it. Yeah. So, yeah, no, that's so cool yeah. that I've made that um, enlightening. Like connection, I guess. Connection like, for you. I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I never really thought about um, how many other maybe clinicians or just like, you know, other types of other types of medical professionals like that they've had some experience like early on and then it's sort of like guided them to like wanting to be in the helping professions also yeah no that's amazing Mm -hmm. so you said earlier on that you've only just started out on your own the last seven months so congratulations to Mm -hmm. you and congratulations for acknowledging that you have a story to share, even though it's still a relatively new one. I love hearing from women at <laughs> all stages and phases of their business. Um, so I guess what made you decide to go out on your own? Like you said, you're working for the government. And I always say mm-hmm. to people, sometimes it is a good thing to, you know, keep a day job and slowly build up your own clients in the background. And then when you're at, you know, a point where you can actually give away your day job and take on your own business, that's always a great way to go. Yeah. So what, I guess, made you decide to go out on your own or was it something that kind of just fell into your lap? What was it for you? Well, I guess for me, um, I have been toying around with the idea for a while, but um, now sort of 
COVID, I will say though, COVID has been like a big eye opener because my practice is completely telehealth. And before COVID, it wasn't so just commonplace to have a, a telehealth therapist. And, um, you know, I've, I've done it. I've actually, I've been working at my local VA here where I live for about five years. And I've always done like one day of telehealth, but I was the only one doing it in our department. And it was just kind of like this weird little fringy thing, I guess. And <laughs> like for, I guess for people that like, really like we would send a, and a tablet to someone's home where like, if they had like, you know, physical issues coming into an office or like they live far away or blah, blah, yeah. blah, whatever. And so, but, but, um, and then COVID came and it was like all telehealth. So, um, then I was thinking, you know, I'm actually licensed in several States and I, if I can do telehealth, I can just see clients in all those states. Like everybody's doing it. Why not try? So I sort of like, I guess in a strange way, COVID like kind of started this for me thinking it was actually feasible. And then, um, and then also like just, you know, changes in my family dynamic too. So like I have small kids at home and, um, I wanted to start to, I don't know, just like have more flexibility in my hours. So like working for the government, it's like, you know, eight to five or whatever, nine to five, you know, and, um, I, I don't want to have a strict schedule. I don't want to have to worry about like vacation time and the bus and a sick kid. And like, you know, how difficult it might be to get time off just like on a whim or just things like that. I, I just wanted more like it to be in charge of my own schedule and life per se. And, um, and even like to have more decision-making ability when it came to like patient load or like patient care without like in a sort of like an overwhelming amount of administrative red tape, you know, sometimes there's like, oh, that we can't see them because X, Y, Z, or, you know, there's just so many, there's working for an agency. I mean, I, I'm sure, you know, like it can just be really, I don't know. You just feel like sometimes your hands are tied and it feels unfair. So. Um, I wanted that freedom too. Yeah, no, that's great. Um, so I guess, as I said, you're only new into your business, but you've listed, I guess, some of the positives of running your own business, being able to have that mm -hmm. flexibility, being able to be there for your kids when they're sick, you know, being available on school holidays. Is there any other mm -hmm. positives you're finding with running your own business? Um, also like I can decide who I want to treat. Um, my fees, office policies, um, and also like being 100% virtual, like in theory, I can work wherever I want, as long as it's confidential. Um, so like, you know, I could go stay with my family for, you know, a month or whatever, as long as I have a spare bedroom to work in, it doesn't really matter, you know, so um, the, like, um, the fact of not being like tied as especially for my private practice, like this fact of like not being tied to one physical location is, is like freeing and, yeah. um, and the ability to like, just kind of decide, I decide how much I charge and the policies and things like that. Yeah, no, that's great. So mm -hmm. what would you say are some of the negatives of running your own business? I'm guessing maybe being stuck in your own office Day to day <laughs> yeah. out might be a negative. <laughs> <laughs> um, I feel I yeah, like what you're sort of getting at is kind of like what maybe the whole 
world felt a little bit with COVID, like you're kind of like stir crazy in your house if you work from your house. Um, but like uh, above and beyond that, which I feel like um, I let, I do like to travel. So I feel like, but I could still be traveling and then yeah. work in a hotel room or something. But um, but it is all, it, it is like nice to have coworkers, you know, yeah. just to bounce ideas off of, or just like say silly things to in the break room or, you know, whatever. And, and if you're working like by yourself virtually, then it's kind of like, well, I have a cat and a dog, <laughs> you know, well, of course, like another family living with me, but yeah. um, it is different, you know, cause they're not in my profession. You can't like bounce an idea off of someone, but um you know, and then there's the fact that like working for an agency, there's like a whole legal department that deals with things like, you know, a grievance. And then of course there's, um, you know, having to buy my own malpractice insurance and medical insurance and yeah. pay for all of my training and fees for licensure um, and like software, office supplies, advertising, marketing, you know, uh, returning phone calls, billing, all this stuff that you don't really have to think about when you work for an agency. Um, so it's sort of like, now I do have to think about it. Yeah. Yeah. All those expenses that, yeah, you don't normally pay for when you work for someone else, but you know, yeah, they are a bit of a tax, well, I shouldn't say a bit of, they are able to be claimed on your <laughs> tax at the end of the year, but you got to wait a whole year for that's that. That's true. <laughs> yes, that's true. <laughs> and so, even figuring that out is like, um what I don't know yeah. So, yeah totally so I guess you don't have far to think back but you know think back to when you started out seven months ago what do you wish you had have mm -hmm. known then that you know now I think um I the only thing that I've realized I feel like is that I have I have to be more on top of making sure a client is a good fit for me yeah so like for example like no evening sessions like um, so actually, uh, you know, I feel like, I mean, it's only been seven months, but I'm actually like in the process of transferring. I have one person that wants to see, you know, wants to do therapy in the evenings and I'm trying to find them a therapist that like, um, you know, they can use their insurance with, because yeah. I'm like one, it's, it's difficult because the whole reason for having the private practice is like, I want to be able to have more freedom to be with my family. And so then I'm like, darn, I think I did this to myself. <laughs> yeah. I have to be more cognizant of like the boundaries, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Most definitely. Mm -hmm. um, so then what other advice or tips do you have for female health clinicians thinking of starting their own business? I would say like, ask your colleagues about how they did it. Um, I reached out to several, I could maybe think of four, four people that I've known either just through like, um, going to graduate school together, doing internship together, things like different things like that. And I reached out to them and they, well, they happen to be already in private practice. And I kind of like sought them out again and was like, Hey, tell me like, how did you make your start? Like, what advice do you have? And so I, I feel like first and foremost, like if you have friends that are already in this realm and have already made the leap and you're thinking about jumping in there too, like I would say, ask your colleagues because they have been so invaluable with their guidance and suggestions. Like they talked to me about the nuts and bolts of business licensure, insurance, office space, marketing, 
you name it. And, um, you know, and there's even women's business centers in here, at least, um, I'm not sure about where you are right now, but I know that, um, there's like women's business centers and they are like, um, open to, they they have like seminars and stuff like that. They've like, well now maybe webinars since COVID, but there's so many resources to help, even if you don't know anything about business, um, kind of like me. Yeah. (laughs) So reach out. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm always saying that it's, um, cause I think, yeah, working in business for yourself, you are in a bit of a silo, you're in your own world. Mm-hmm. Um, but definitely reaching out to, yeah, old colleagues, you know, people in your industry and yeah, trying to find networking events or webinars, seminars that will resonate with you and help you learn what you need to know. Cause you know, we're not, we're not trained in business when we are trained as yeah. a health clinician. So yeah, you need to be gentle on yourself and go, okay, this is all going to be a learning journey. I can't expect to know it all first up. Yeah, it's very uh, like, uh, and I remember thinking back, I think I was speaking about this with a colleague, maybe a couple months ago. And I said, I don't know why they don't give us a business course. Like, why don't they, when you're in graduate school, like Mm. one, one thing you can do with your doctorate in clinical psychology is obviously be in your own private practice, or of course, like clinical research or, you know, working for someone and, you know, the, the list goes on, but I guess, why wouldn't they like I would feel like that would be a very important part to teach us when we're like, I mean, you have all the skills, but we don't have any training in business. I don't know. I mean, it sounds like you sort of feel the same way. Like it's very focused in the, the, the everyday, like practical clinical work, but like how to, how to work for yourself is just not talked about. No. And I think, I don't think it'll ever will be offered at the tertiary level because they're so focused on getting you trained up, accredited, registered as your profession. Mm-hmm. They don't have the ability to offer it. But I do suggest to people if they are able to, to go and do a short course in business. Like I know here in Australia now, they offer like a certificate level type course in small business. And they oh. teach you, you know, the basics, which I think is fantastic. Um, or if you're a bit like me, I've just learned things along my 20 year career and um now just share it with others because it's you know it's not rocket science but um yeah you don't necessarily need a business degree to be able to run a business so but you need a good like mentor consultant like you yes well yes (laughs) you do you do need a good mentor (laughs) consultant you got to find the right one that's going to fit with you um you do have to invest in that I think you end up spending more time and money trying to fudge your way through trying to sort something out like you said with accounts or you know your tax stuff just give it to an accountant to do um you know yes pool yeah Mm -hmm. just determine you know this is something I learned many years ago someone said to me you know what's the least thing you like to do and outsource it or get someone else to do it you know so (laughs) yes of course it's the accounting stuff I don't like doing it you know but I know now with today's Mm -hmm. technology there's a lot more savvy and intuitive accounting programs but you still need a bookkeeper or an accountant to make sure everything is entered correctly so that Mm -hmm. when it comes to your end of financial year time to do all your tax that everything is in the right place so then there's no missing information um, or you know misallocated money and then you end up with a tax bill rather than a 
refund. So, oh my goodness. I know. I'm like, this is the first year. Um, cause last year I barely just started. And so this is the first year that I'm like actually working in my private practice. So I'm like, oh goodness. I was actually just looking at, um, there's actually a lot of, oh, another thing actually sort of on, along the same line that you just, uh, asked me about, like, there are a lot of Facebook groups about, um, like how to run your own business basically as a private practitioner like therapist and so maybe not like I mean there's like a, a small handful that are very good but they have like um you know like tax advice and people are asking questions and I'm like that's the question I you know and so even just Facebook as like strange as it may sound like and actually Facebook I get some referrals there too for therapy like just you know, therapist referral networks in each state that I'm licensed in or city. Like, so I feel like that Facebook is actually much more, um, <laughs> I don't know, much more helpful than I had ever thought. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But then you also have to tread carefully too, because there's some charlatans out there as well, giving wrong advice. Mm -hmm. Or I always say, double check who you're talking to, especially on Facebook. That makes sense. People from all over the world. So you need to double check. Are you in the same country as me? <laughs> Yeah, where are you legit? <laughs> I'm not sure. That's yeah. exactly. So you're a mom. How and you you've mm -hmm. said that you know you love being your own boss so that you can manage, you know, sick kids being on school holidays. How do you mm -hmm. manage your work-life balance, if you want to say that, or just you know, keeping that happy medium between family life versus work life? Because you do, you work from mm -hmm. home. So you're literally at home all the time and you've got to set boundaries with yourself and your family, don't you? Yeah. It, I, um, right now I'm not sure if I'm doing as well as I want to be honestly, yeah. because I'm in like the middle strange phase of switching hope, hopefully in about a, a year or so switching from my government job to be fully private practice. So sometimes like I was, saying before, like, you know, like sometimes I see a client when like, um, it's in the evening and I really, now that's going to change, but also even like on other breaks where like, I probably really should be doing something for myself at that time, like taking a longer break between patients or I don't know, just doing something else. Like, and then, but I put a patient in there instead. And so it's like, um, or like do things when the kids are sleeping and, um, you know, like thankfully I have a fiance who helps with the kids if I have a session in the evening. Um, but I know that like the goal, you know, the main goal I'm trying to like, uh, keep my eyes sort of there, you know, as far as like my focus, like my goal is to have more time with my family. So, you know, with that in mind, like what fits and what doesn't fit. And so just over these first like seven months, I was running an evening therapy group. Um, and I was like, I'm not doing that anymore because yeah. I was like, that is like, this is not why I made this change. So I guess, um, I'm on the way to having better boundaries with my time and energy, but not completely there yet. I'll be honest. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, I don't think what works for you now may work for you in the future. And it's the same as what worked in the past may not work for you now. I'm finding now mm -hmm. that, you know, as your kids get older and you change, you know, extracurricular activities, their needs change, mm -hmm. everything changes. So 
I found that, yeah, that whole work-life balance has to be kind of an evolving piece because, Mm. yeah, what you've set as boundaries or in place now, yeah, it's not going to suit you down the track or, you know, what you did, you know, five years ago may not work now for you. So I feel like we Mm -hmm. have to just remind people that, it's an it's a revolving door. It's ever changing. You gotta have to ebb and flow, and adapt depending on the needs of yourself, your business, and your family. So yeah, and what works for one person mm-hmm. may not necessarily work for another. So I'm hoping yeah. everyone listening to these various episodes of lovely women I'm talking to that they will take what they can from the advice they're given because yeah every family and business is unique and different I'm so interested like uh because if you have children that are a little older than mine what are some boundaries that like from having the smaller kids to like the older kids what boundaries like do you feel like shifted for you as far as like you know just keeping the balance is it not so much like I don't know. I'm just wondering. Yeah, no. Well, funnily enough, I remember just before my twins started school. So they are now in their last final year of school. We're on the home stretch now. Someone said to me, (laughs) oh, when they're at school, you'll have so much more time on your hands. What a load (laughs) of BS. (laughs) I found that when the kids started school, my available time to work was less because I was the primary carer. I did drop off. I did pick up my, both my partners I've had have never been able to help me with that um, because of their jobs. So Mm -hmm. I, yeah, found that that was just a crock. I found it better when they were in childcare (laughs) because you had longer days of care. Um, Now that they've moved into teenagers. So just um, in the last 18 months, is it maybe uh, yeah coming up to two years I again it was a blessing I lost a a contract part-time job I had and um so I had to go back to just working for myself solely again which was a bit scary and um Mm -hmm. but I saw it as a blessing and a sign from the universe because at that same time one of my teenage children decided to come and live with me full-time not half and half with his dad that was a major mm-hmm. shift for me because now I had a dependent with me 24 seven, you know, I wasn't sharing yes. him with his dad. So that was another major shift. And then, you know, so I had to, you know, Oh, I've got to, okay. I've got to prepare meals for you every night now, not just so many nights. So, and I found them as teenagers, they just need you to be present and around and available more than say, they're tweens, I guess. Um, and when they were little, okay. they needed you there as physical touch and all of that type of thing. Um, I found that, yeah, I found with my teenagers, they've got to know where I am and what I'm doing at every point of the day and moment. <laughs> are you home? Are you with a client? What time will you be home? Where are you going? <laughs> and I'm like, right. <laughs> You're and like, mom, oh my gosh. Yeah, can mum not have secret rendezvous without you knowing what I'm doing um do you need to know when I'm going to the toilet um but yeah the answer is yes yeah but they just need to know that you are there so if you know there's a you know a catastrophe or an emergency 
which in teenage life, there seems to be lots of them, but I think they just over catastrophize everything that they know that they can come and see you wherever you are or message you or call you. And they know that you're going to answer. So I do, I have to preempt them. Okay. Today I have clients. I'm going to be out of the house for so many hours, or I'm going to be uncontactable. So if I don't reply to your message or call, it's not because I'm dead. It's because I'm busy with a client. So it's yes. like, do not sound the alarm. Like yeah. I am not dead. I am just busy. <laughs> yeah. So it's a different kind of need. Like I said, you just got to ebb and flow with um, what it is. And I've got some really great clients and, you know, a lot of my clients have children, teenagers, young adults, grandkids, and they all know that this generation they just got to have it. It's like instant gratification. If you don't reply in like two seconds, there's something wrong. <laughs> <laughs> that is so funny. That yeah. is so funny. I never like, I, I guess, well, I've just not experienced it yet, but I, I know I will. So yeah, but yeah that's so funny. That's like, yeah. So right. Like the important, what's important now may not really be important later. So no, that's right. Um, yeah. So like I say to people, you just got to ebb and flow, um, tweak as you go along. So what does the future hold for your business? Cause I guess you've spoken to us about how you're predominantly online. So your business wasn't really affected by COVID. <laughs> no, it sort of started because of because COVID. Of COVID like yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Totally. I guess as, as far as like the future, um, I know like I want to continue networking and find ways to get patients that I really want to serve. Mm. Um, and so in my, in my practice, I focus on women's mental health issues. So um, it's sort of like targeted to a a specific, you know, bunch of women and, um, and, you know, like focusing on um, issues like trauma, life transitions, depression, anxiety, um, and, I have a lot of experience also working with military and um, the LGBTQ plus population. So um, any, like, I'm just trying to find those patients, you know what I mean? Like, um, I feel like at this point, um, I don't know. I'm, I also wanted the the practice to be like the patients that I was passionate about helping. So because of that, I feel like um, I'm going to try and network more in those areas. And I know that there are, I'm not sure about there in Australia, but I was thinking of like joining one of these like commerce. Um, chambers of commerce. Yeah. Chambers of commerce, like, you know, agencies or whatever. And, and, and I'm not, so I'm thinking of that will be something. And also um, getting more trainings. Like actually today I just completed the um not the entire so there's like a consultation that comes along with it but I just did like a 40 hours of training for EMDR do you have you ever heard of that yeah 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 and so just getting more trainings um one day I may want to hire other clinicians to work with um there are actually a few people I know um who have just been like oh I'm really interested in like, you know, just friends just from, you know, like previous jobs and, you know, old coworkers and stuff. And they've said like, so um, do, do you think you'd ever like, you know, hire me as a contractor? And I was like, sure. I mean, maybe like not right now, but I feel like that would be really, that would be really amazing to have colleagues again and, um, you know, work together with other people because it can be isolative. So that hopefully will be 
coming down the pipe. And then also um, I want to get into doing some pro bono work and um, maybe get into a like a group consultation of some sort, because it really, I, it's so interesting now with like, I have a small caseload because it's part-time my private practice, yeah. but um, there, if I have like uh, just a clinical question or like just a, what do you think about using this type of modality with this patient or what do you, you know, like certain things like that. Um, it's like, you don't have a person to bounce that idea off of. <laughs> so I feel like the um i'm going to be looking into more group consultations and supervision yeah. maybe things like that but um so lots going on <laughs> yeah i know yeah because it's like the the it's like the um the business is in its infancy so i guess it has the opportunity to grow a lot more <laughs> yeah no that sounds great mm -hmm. and i love that you have found your um, ideal client niche market because that's something mm -hmm. I talk to my clients about all the time is that you can't be everything to everyone yeah. and yes you know trying to hone in on that ideal client can be a bit scary because you are well I don't want to say you're limiting your pool of clients but at the same time working with clients that brings you joy is always going to be a lot more fun and beneficial to you than seeing clients that you just don't resonate with and you know yeah. end up burning out because you're just seeing people that don't really want to be helped by you yeah yeah exactly yeah no great so thank you again for coming on and sharing your very great story even though you're only seven months <laughs> in I really appreciate it I'm hoping it will motivate other women to go hey I've got a story to share if, if you know Lynn was yes. only started a business seven months ago and is already doing really well to you know, on track that in 12 months will be solely working in her own business. Do you just want to mm -hmm. share with everyone your business name again and where they can find you online? Sure. Um, so the name of my business is Thriving Woman Counseling. Um, you can check out my website at thrivingwomancounseling.com. I'm also on Facebook and Instagram at the, the same name, Thriving Woman Counseling. And um, please reach out, you know, check out my social media, email me, call me. My contact information is all on my website and my social media. So um, thank you so much for letting me share my story. And, um, you know, hopefully with my um, small bits of advice, because I knew that I'll be able yeah. to help somebody too. And um, yeah, thank you so much for having me. No, thank you. Thank you so much for joining me tonight. And you can now go off to bed. <laughs> <laughs> no problem. All right. Thanks again. <laughs> thank you. You have been listening to the Authentic Healthpreneur podcast. To ensure you don't miss an episode, remember to subscribe. If you are enjoying this series, please leave us a review. If after listening to this podcast episode, you feel inspired to start or transform your own health business, come join our free Facebook group, Authentic Healthpreneurs. Search Authentic Healthpreneurs in the Facebook groups. In this group, you will find free resources, webinars, and other events to help propel your business forward and succeed. It is a beautiful community of like-minded female health practitioners who support and uplift one another 
and celebrate our successes together. If you need help with starting or growing your health business, be sure to check out my website, AuthenticHealthpreneurs.com. Here you will find more information on the one-on-one coaching services and online training programs that I offer. I would love to support and guide you to live your life purpose and see you succeed in business. If you are not sure what help you need, then be sure to book in for a free business strategy session with myself. You will find the link in the website.